Season two is underway, and with all-star break a week out, NBA basketball is back on track. The Beach Bums will look back on NBA storylines and games, as well as preview our top games of the week. Episode two starts right now. We are back. I know we missed last week. We apologize for that. We actually both had the flu Yikes. at the exact same time during All-Star break, during All-Star yeah. weekend. So yeah. it's in a way, it's good because we didn't get caught in like the middle of the season because mm-hmm. we had the NBA had a break and so did we. Yeah. But uh, we're still going to be trying to bring you weekly uh, podcasts. We apologize for that. Of course, we missed the Pro Bowl weekend and now we're missing this one. So. Mm-hmm. It's still every week. It's not like we're not going to try to just jump over we're not, everything. We're not going bi-weekly. No, no, not at all. Um, but because we missed last week, we might as well talk about All-Star Weekend. 100%. I mean, I, in my opinion, that since I've been alive, of course, I didn't watch the dunk contests of old where mm. that probably made All-Star Weekend the best when, yeah. you know, the competitiveness even in the All-Star game was at an all-time high. I think that was the best All-Star Weekend ever. In my I, opinion, in, probably in my in our lifetime, I would I would agree with that. You same. go game yeah. by game. Even think about it. Celebrity game to start. Stephen A. Michael Wilbon. Stephen A. gets a technical. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> That's classic Stephen A. Yep. And then you head into the skills challenge. Bam Adebayo. I think the vague. I think Vegas had him. It was like sixteen hundred to one. It was one sixty to one. It, he was so, exactly. I mean, Bam Adebayo. You you're expecting. You know, not just I wouldn't just say a guard because big guys have been winning it the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But Bam doesn't really shoot the ball at a high no. clip. So when you're talking about not just speed but ability to yeah. shoot, he pulls it out, and that wasn't the final uh, the final trophy for a Heat player. Of course, nope. let's start with the three point contest before we get to the dunk contest. I mean, it came down yeah. to the final shot. It was the final shot. Buddy Heal beating Devin shot. Booker. Uh, I first of all, I just want to say. I don't want to say thank you to Damian Lillard because I know he got hurt and he didn't mean to. But Devin Booker really heightened this All-Star game, in my opinion. I mean, that dunk that he had in the actual All-Star game, (laughs) I I like how the league threw in Devin Booker and – didn't like leave it up to like chance or had yeah. like, a LeBron choose another guy. I like Devin Booker deserved it. I mean, what what else could he do? He averages twenty seven a game. Yeah, we are so, we already went through all about that. exactly. If you want to check that out, that's uh, season two, episode one. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those uh, platforms. And then you head to the dunk contest. I was shocked when Aaron Gordon didn't win oh, that. 100%. He he got robbed, but it was yeah. still it was still one of the best dunk contests. I mean, I I would put Zach Levine's over it because I feel like the creativity of the dunks and the fact that it was Zach Levine going for a back to back, the storylines were a little better. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Gordon in another dunk contest where he has to dunk the ball six times rather oh than God. four. That was Dude, a great dunk contest. And then clear taco. Fall. I, that, give him, give I mean, I, I love I love how someone like Dwayne Wade's like, well, he didn't clear him. Fl- Dude, seven, seven five and seven, seven what? Five. Six or seven seven in shoes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I don't blame him for not clearing him. That dude's a 
monster. He's a oh tree. God. I yeah. I don't. But he even got close my, to up. My favorite on part him. was when they when they showed the score. They showed Taco's face. Like, yeah, I, I mean, even like, <laughs> even on Taco's um Instagram post at the bottom, it said yeah. uh, PSA or by the way, Aaron Gordon should have won. Yeah. Uh, but congrats to Derek Jones Jr. He did have some crazy dunks. Yeah, that off the backboard between the legs over a guy. Oh my god, that was. Derek so Jones Jr. can fly. Is a reason he's airplane mode. Happy birthday to him too. It was actually on that day. It was yeah, his it was. birthday because he brought out a cake in the first dunk. And then the All-Star game, I loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't tune in until the fourth quarter because the flu had me sleeping all yeah. weekend long. That was our second half. Right, so. but the fourth quarter, was, I was out of my seat. Like, I was in my dorm room and out of my seat. Yeah. That, yeah. that says it all. Even when Anthony Davis was at the line to win the game, I mean, these players were arguing calls. They were yeah. playing competitively. I mean, Kawhi had 30 points. I mean, well, you know, well-deserving of that Kobe Bryant MVP trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Adam Silver changed the name of the trophy or kind of added a name to the trophy. Yep. The ceremonies afterward were great. Um, I, the league did it right. The league definitely did it right. I think so. Um, and I hope that – I don't know if they'll keep this exact same format, but because of, you know, you're giving money, to, you're giving back to charity, you're honoring a legend, like – Everything worked out right, and the fact that it was also in Chicago, yeah. where you, you know you have all these big celebrities, you have Common, Chance the Rapper, guys that have really just impacted the uh, the hip hop scene, mm-hmm. and of, of course the NBA is so impacted by hip hop that the fact that they could make an appearance because it was in Chicago, All Star Weekend, that was the best in my opinion, or the best ever in my opinion, and. Loved it. Yeah, that, that's that's all I gotta say on it. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, you hit everything on the on on the head that I'm thinking over here. I mean, I, I will say it was a little weird. Uh, like, I really was wishing it didn't go down to free throws. At the yeah, end, I agree. To be honest, I agree. I was hoping for like uh, they did try. Like LeBron tried like, from, uh, from the from logo pole and like Kyle Lowry Kyle, faked Kyle that Lowry. charge. Yeah. James Harden hit that step back to win. Yeah, oh my and, god. It, yeah, but it was it was very interesting. I haven't been that engaged in an All Star game. I don't think ever, ever really, honestly. I mean, sometimes like all, all the All Star games had you like jumping out of your seat for like a couple iconic moments, like some. Some of the dunks over the years were crazy, yeah. like, just to pull one out of the hat. Like, you, you know, you had, like, last year where Steph was, like, alley-ooping Giannis from, like, the rafters. He bounced, and, like, bounced it off it, the, into, the into the rafters and, and down. Yeah, yeah but, like, no, no, there was never a competitive. I never thought I would see Chris Paul arguing with a ref wearing a team uh, LeBron jersey. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. I, but and he was, so, yeah. The All-Star, All-Star game, definitely keep the format. But, um, anyways, moving back in to normal NBA play. We do have a couple couple of important headlines. Uh first of all, Kyrie Irving is out for this season. Yeah. Arithscopic. Uh, Arithscopic. <laughs> I got to get this right. I'm not a doctor, uh, but Arithscopic shoulder surgery. I mean, he's been dealing with a hurt knee and this aching shoulder for a while, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. I mean, only maybe... Played, only played 20 games. And I don't even know if it's... I want to say it's unfortunate for the Nets organization because next year they'll get a hopefully fully healthy Kyrie Irving and fully healthy Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant looks, looks great to me right yeah, now in his recovery right process. But... It's just Kyrie, there was so much promise early in his career with the whole LeBron saga, mm-hmm. and he heads to Boston. You just think that something will change. You add a guy like Gordon Hayward um, alongside of him, and 
injuries take over as well as just arguments and not really being able to lead yeah. a team. And you think you go to Brooklyn, something would change. Brooklyn has better culture, better fan, like whatever you want to talk about. And the exact same thing happens. I mean, think uh, you talk, you think about the Celtics and the Nets. Those aren't two pushover teams. So it's good that Kyrie's not like the main staple, like a Bradley Beal is in Washington. Yep, exactly. You still have guys like Dinwiddie and Lavert. Uh, but it's just unfortunate for Kyrie Irving because his legacy. I don't want to say it's stained, but if you don't play a lot of games, your you, your stats aren't as high. You're not really revered as a great player when. Fans can't even see you on the court half the time. So that's... I mean, yeah. I would say, legacy-wise, you know, it's kind of like separated into two two sort of schools of thought, in a way. You know, you've you've got Kyrie Irving with LeBron and everything he did with LeBron. But then he went... He Remember, he went out of his way. He said, I want to lead a team. And so far... One one playoff series win, like when they slept, they swept the uh, what, what was it? I think it was the Pacers. Was it? Yeah, the Victor Oladipo list Pacers. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Smacked by uh, Milwaukee. So you have one playoff win in the first round. Yeah. To your name as like as like a leader of a team, and and on top of that, countless times where you were clashing with teammates and causing sort of a toxic culture. So I'm definitely interested to see what the Nets are next year with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, especially when it gets tough next year. Will Kyrie stay healthy? Yeah, will he stay healthy? But even when they are losing games, because it happens to every team at some point in the year. Yeah. No matter if you're the freaking single-digit loss box. Like, there's been points right. in the season. It, but And that's when, like, you see the leaders and you see, like, the true character. I, I'm curious to see what, how that will, will mesh with... Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And so. it's weird to think about because Kyrie Irving's past two seasons, or I want to say last season and this season when I talk about the past two seasons, they're eerily similar. Mm-hmm. When, when you think about it, Kyrie goes into Boston and what happens? Gordon Hayward down, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Now he goes to Brooklyn, no Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant's still on the team. So you have... A star down and yep. Kyrie needing to pick up the slack for a full year before playing with that all-star caliber player. Mm-hmm. And it's these these seasons are – they're exactly the same. The one difference is, of course, Kyrie's not leaving the Nets. Uh, Kyrie loves it in yeah. Brooklyn. But it's weird to think that in the, the Celtics era with, with Kyrie and now the Brooklyn era, a star is on the bench – due to injury mm-hmm. and Kyrie cannot stay healthy when yeah. his team needs him the most. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's the mo- the, ma- the major point is breaking news. He's out for the season um with the nagging shoulder that he originally got in the cortisone shot for wasn't enough. He's going to get the surgery. Um the Nets still technically a playoff team. Obviously, if we had a tier of the East, you would have box on the top tier. Yeah. Then you have the 2 through 6 seed are all fighting for each other. And then you've got the uh Losing record, yeah. Nets, and I believe it's Magic. Uh, it's Magic. the Magic are at the eighth spot eighth with spot. twenty-four and thirty-two. And the Wizards, shocking enough, the Wizards are only four games back. Oh my God, if Bradley Beal will, will, wills that team to a playoff spot. They, they did just <laughs> they did just lose to the Cavs at home. Yeah. So I'm, it, it's yeah. I'd hate to see losing teams in the playoffs, but that's just how it works. And the East is reverting back to its normal ways. I mean, the teams are better at the top, mm-hmm. but the teams are now the exact same at the bottom. Yep. Uh, now we head into some NBA news. Of course, that was breaking news. We head into 
I don't want to say less important news, but of course when an all-star level player, maybe top 15, top 10 in the world in some people's opinions, goes down, that's mm. your breaking news. Yep. Now, on on the other side, we've been talking about trades. We talked about in uh, season one, mm. trade deadline's over, and now it's the period where you can pick up players that get cut or waived. And the two LA teams, you know, cashing in big. Keep making moves. Right? Yeah. The Clippers getting uh, Reggie Jackson after the Pistons bought him out, which is great for their rotation because they do have a backup point guard in, mm. uh, in like, Lou Williams, Landry Shamit. You know those guys yeah. can play the one. But there's a difference between the ability to play the one and being more comfortable at the two. Yes, I think Landry exactly. Shamit's more comfortable at the two. Yep. And Lou Williams... He almost works better when you have a two-point guard set. Yep. So you stick in Reggie Jackson and Lou Williams, and then you have Montrez Harrell, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard as mm-hmm. maybe your finishing lineup if a guy like Landry Shamit isn't really having a great game. Yep. That's dangerous because those guys are dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard to put it any other way, but adding a guy that played in that piston system who's an undersized point guard but can get the job done... Yep. Reggie Jackson's a great pickup for the Clippers, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with this pickup completely for the reason you stated. I would definitely argue Lou Williams is not is definitely more of a pure scorer than a passer. Yeah, Landry Shamit is above everything else a knockdown shooter, so he shouldn't really be playing the one. And Reggie Jackson is undersized, but the one the one the one, the main reason he's been staying on the court all these years is because of his ability to create shots for his teammates. So this is a perfect. Perfect one for me in the Clippers, and the Clippers just get better again. And it's it's it'll be interesting to see how they work out these lineups and these rotations. But they're running deep and they're running hard right now, in my opinion. So it'll be yeah. interesting. And then so the other thing we did mention another LA team made, made a move finally. The Lakers were you know very not you, as you probably know very well very inactive at the trade deadline. They they it's almost like and I said it right after Kobe's passing. I looked to my friend and I said. I think this team is going to really find a new identity, but I don't think it will come with getting, you know, or letting go of players. I said Mm -hmm. the Lakers are riding with this team that they have now because no one else except those guys on that team really experienced the loss around the organization Mm -hmm. like those 15 players did. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't they really didn't make a move at the trade deadline, but they finally did make a move in the buyout period. They signed uh, Markeith Morris, yeah. which is, you know, uh, a lot of people on Twitter like to call him the less relevant Morris brother, yeah. which he has been so far this season. But, I mean, right. it's still a pickup and a notable one dimension. I mean, he's played about 20 minutes for the Pistons, averaged about 11 points per game. I'm going to let you take this over since you definitely know a lot more about the Lakers lineups and how you think he's going to be infused into this. Right. Before Marcus Morris stepped onto the scene as a pretty good player for the Boston Celtics, the star brother was Markeith Morris. Yep. I think people forget that. Markeith Morris, when it was John Wall and Bradley Beal in mm. Washington, was the third guy on that team. And when Otto Porter was on that team, Kelly Oubre, you forget about it because Kelly Oubre's found his new home in Phoenix. Otto yep. Porter is all over the place now. Mm. I mean, you, you, you can't even... Is he in Chicago? I, I think so. I mean, yeah. but his contract was so hefty that you can't even talk about Otto Porter. John Wall's been out for 17 years. And Achilles problem. Exactly. And Bradley Beal is trying to do his best to carry a team at averaging 28 a game, but is on a losing team in the Wizards. Yep. Markeith Morris, I don't want to say he that he averaged 20 a game because I don't know his exact stats when he was on the Wizards, mm-hmm. but he was a really good knockdown shooter. You could expect Markeith Morris to knock down... 
some not not I I don't want to say in all facets of the game because he was more of a three-point shooter in Washington, but he could create his own shot. Markeith Morris, I remember when the Wizards were in the playoffs, which was a long time ago, Markeith Morris was on the court playing for the Wizards Mm -hmm. when Marcus Morris was on the bench watching his brother play. It's very true. And people forget that because then Marcus Morris went on to have success in Boston, and he's probably going to have that continued success in L.A. for the Clippers. And I like how this this like this sibling rivalry in L.A. (laughs) with the Morris brothers. It adds more fuel to the fire of that rivalry. Uh, Just to mention the Clippers-Lakers game, that was postponed due to Kobe's passing. It's now going to happen on April 9th. The Lakers have back-to-back back-to-back games now so that's tough to face the Clippers in uh you know in the third game of a back-to-back-to-back but that's beside the point we're talking about the Morris brothers Markeith averages 11 a game he shoots 40 percent from the three it's what the Lakers need I mean they've been lacking a guy like what Kyle Kuzma was last year. Because mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma's been playing okay, but the Lakers need Kyle Kuzma of a year ago. And if Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma can kind of combine to create that Kuzma-like player last year, I think that's what the Lakers are missing. They did wave DeMarcus Cousins, which is sad because yeah, he was... I, I also don't get that. Why Cousins yeah, of all the players to That play? is actually the next piece of news that, we, that I wanted to discuss with mm-hmm. you because... There was a lot of news coming out that DeMarcus Cousins could make it back by the playoffs. Of course, Lakers are the one seed. They're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're pretty much a lock at this point, 60 games into the season. And I think everyone was shocked because DeMarcus Cousins seemed like almost that missing link when the Lakers needed scoring and maybe needed more production at the big position if JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard weren't having good games. Oh, yeah, and I just wanted to mention this uh, real quickly because I did look it up. Um, Markeith Morris, when he was a wizard, averaged 17 points a game. 17. That's 2015, which was the height of their playoff runs. And he also, one year, actually... When he was with the Phoenix Suns, like... In the that was with his brother. Career. He was on the team Yeah, with he brother. averaged, uh, in 2013, 19 points per game. People forget about him. I know he's yep. declining because he's aging, but he's not... I mean, you can't you can't say he's declining more than Marcus Morris. They're twins. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean? The, the age shouldn't be a factor <laughs> in nope. this situation. Markeith just hasn't been in a good enough system since Washington flourished it's in 2015. True. But yeah, DeMarcus Cousins. I think the organization knows something that we don't. Now, a tweet did come out saying that uh, DeMarcus or the Lakers wanted DeMarcus to stay with the organization and rehab so they'd sign him for next year. Mm-hmm. So they they needed to add this this piece in Markeith Morris yeah. to make a playoff run or to make a championship run. And they know DeMarcus Cousins is, isn't going to make it back, but they don't want to fully you know throw him out to the league. Yeah, they exactly. still want to help rehab him. It confused me a little. That's why I think the organization knows something that we don't. I will play Dill's Icon. I do understand. If we're going to talk about chemistries with the lineups right now, uh, I'm not completely sure on Dwight Howard's stats, but JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard have definitely been playing well in their rotation of big man. So I, there might be the aspect that the Lakers are looking at this. Hey, we're not going to throw in DeMarcus Cousins and like break up this one and two big man cycle we've got going now take minutes away from them when they're playing so well and they're synergizing so well with the ma- the lineups we've created so maybe that's why they go and they went to DeMarcus and they went hey we're gonna cut you but we we want you to stay around because we know you're the better player right. we just want to have a full healthy off season with you to prep a lineup around you like we have Dwight 
and JaVale. And something to think about is the fact that the Lakers' second and third lineups, whoever they put out, they're full of shooters. Uh, and when you have a team full of shooters that are pretty like Quinn Cook, mm-hmm. he's, he's not – Quinn Cook isn't weaving and dealing like Kyrie Irving. No, Quinn Cook, no, Quinn Cook is, is a pretty good catch-and-shoot type of player. He can create his own shot, but he can create a shot at – what, 15, 18 feet. He's yeah. not trying to get into the paint. No. When you have a lot of shooters and guys that can create around the perimeter, you need a solid five. And by solid mm-hmm. five, I mean a guy that knows his role at the five. Mm-hmm. JaVale McGee isn't going to take a step back three from 30 no. feet. No. He's going to leave that up to maybe a guy like Caldwell Pope if he's on or Avery Bradley if mm-hmm. he's playing well or Danny Green who can pull from deep. Yep. Same with Dwight Howard. You're not going to see Dwight Howard yeah, outside of the paint. Obviously, except he doesn't want to get a three-second violation. Yeah, but yeah. you're not going to see Dwight Howard anywhere outside of the perimeter unless he's, setting, blocks, right, yeah. unless he's setting a screen. So you put in DeMarcus Cousins. It's what we saw with the Warriors last year. You stuck DeMarcus Cousins in there. They were dominant, but he almost took away from yeah. the shooters in the perimeter because he'd get the ball from three when Clay Thompson's open on the left, but DeMarcus is like, well, I'm a good shooter too. I think I'd rather have Clay Thompson yeah. creating than DeMarcus <laughs> shooting. Yeah. So I understand it. Now it's tough because you have a guy like Jared Dudley who plays the four, just brought in Markeith Morris who plays the four. Yeah. So you don't play Jared Dudley. The, the, yes. I think the Lakers knows. I think the Lakers know he's not returning and there's no reason to keep his contract in their books when you know he's not going to play. Yeah, it's useless to have an injured guy on your playoff roster mm-hmm. because what what are you gonna what are you gonna do with that? What if you need your a guy to step up? And I think Marquise Morris is that guy. I don't mind them waving him. It's a little sad. He was warming up before the Grizzlies game, yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming out where it's like you know there, there's a um, something on Twitter where I think it was it might have been Jamal Adams or someone on the Jets trying to put his code into the building and it was locked. Yeah. It's like. Damn, they already cut me? Like, that's yeah. like DeMarcus trying to walk into Staples Center. Exactly. But I think the organization's going to keep them around. I love the Morris move, so I don't really mind the Cousins uh, waving because I feel like Cousins wouldn't have been healthy to come back anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that's the probably the biggest news around the association. One other thing to mention, the Bucks, their winning streak ended. Um Oh yeah, the winning streak did end, but Giannis didn't play in that game. In in, I just wanted to mention that because the Bucks, what are the are the Bucks? I mean, they're playing forty seven and eight, forty seven and eight, and they were on a ridiculous winning streak going into the All Star break. Giannis had a child, so he had to be away for a little bit. So the Bucks lost that game. I think that's just something to mention because it was almost like a Warriors watch, where the mm. Bucks at one point were at forty six and five, and you were yeah. wondering. Can they only lose, you know, are they going to go 9, 10 losses on yep. the season? So I just wanted to mention that because the Bucks are, what, seven games up on the Raptors. This yeah, no. Bucks team, we got to just wait till the playoffs. Also, but. speaking of the Raptors, um, since we're going to throw back, cause since we missed last week, the yeah. Raptors 15-game, they had their own 15-game win streak, which was ended by the Brooklyn Nets right before the All-Star break as well. So um, those are just, you know, top top teams in the East since we were talking about the Lakers and Clippers. Obviously, the top 10 teams in the West right now. We can move over to the East. Um, and, uh, NBA basketball has just started coming back. It came back Thursday, which was a couple days ago. Yeah. We had a couple of interesting games in that period that I want to talk about. 
first of all, uh, in the we we talked about the East is very close right now. In um, not it's it's like you have the Bucks up there, yeah. With um, you know, like their single digit uh, loss column we just talked about, and then it's the two through six teams. They're all separated just for context right now. The Raptors sit at like forty one and fifteen. Yeah, they're the two seed. The Celtics are thirty nine and sixteen, so, so they're right behind us, and they're all just everybody's just one one or two games behind each other. Like for example, right now the Sixers are just half a game back from the Heat, yeah. for fourth, which you know is the difference of home court versus no home court, which oh, is immensely important to the Sixers in team. the NBA too. But yes, in the, to in the Sixers because yeah. we don't know how to play on the road, <laughs> and we know very well how to play at home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in that playoff thing, we playoff. Uh, picture picture right now we had the Heat go play the Hawks and Trey Young decided to uh, drop Trey. a fifty bomb on them and win one twenty nine to one twenty four which was helpful to us Sixers fans over here because you know we're that brought us to that half game closer point and we won the uh, we won our game that very night so quick question about the Heat because the Heat were on a roll and I don't want to say they they're not in a roll anymore they're still mm-hmm. a top team in the East. They add Iguodala, they add Jay Crowder, yeah, and all of a sudden they've lost three of four. They were injured on that, and they were on a road trip. True, they didn't have Jimmy yeah. Butler, but they they I mean they did play the Jazz, lost by fifteen. The Jazz are you know climbing in the playoff picture right now, but mm. it, it's still a little concerning to me because. Jimmy Butler doesn't have a good game. Who are you relying on? Yeah. Usually you'd rely on none or hero. But are yeah. they are they falling none, off a little bit? None was shooting. I think I saw something like 27% while Jimmy was out. 27% from like the field. And that can't happen. I understand your yep. star player is out. But if you look at the Heat, since they beat the Sixers on February the 3rd, they've lost five of their last six games. And their only win came against the Warriors in San Francisco. Yep. So I understand they're injured. I get it. But you're losing to teams like the Kings, even a Trailblazers team who's, who's has a great player in Damian Lillard. But, but they're kind of like the Bradley Beal. They're like the Wizards of the West right Right, because they, they might not even make the playoffs with yeah. how the Grizzlies are playing. But then you, then you lose to the Hawks in Atlanta. I just, you, have it, you have two All-Stars. I mean, yeah. Bam Adebayo is an all-star. And you, you, just, and you just can't do that right now because you, you have a, a Sixers team who is fi- we're finally healthy. Like yeah. we're finally at a point where Joel's not wearing some weird cast on his finger <laughs> anymore. Right. Ben's been healthy all year. Um, what's his face? I'm blanking. Well, Horford finally got moved to the bench. Where I know we're overpaying him to come off the bench. Okay? Is um I is Richardson that. back? Richardson's not. So I was thinking. Okay. Richardson's finally back and healthy. Okay. So we finally have our full starting lineup. We traded for shooters. We've won four in a row since that trade has happened. Yeah. Since we lost, we got embarrassed by the Bucks when um, we beat. Uh, the Grizzlies at home, the Clippers at home right before the All-Star break. We came mm. back and beat the Nets. Now, now Heat fans, you're looking at a Sixers team that's hungry, and they're literally knocking on the door for the, your fourth seed. Right. And, 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 you, and you go out and lose this game to Trey Young, who is on a 16-41 and 41 team. Trey Young, it's interesting. When he came out of Oklahoma, I watched a lot of his high school highlights, and I was impressed, but with the NBA being as it is, undersized point guard guy likes to pull up from deep mm. almost tries to emulate his game after Steph Curry I was mm. like well this isn't going to turn out well because guys that try to that have those three skills yeah. are never like Steph Curry are never one of the top point yeah. guards in the league and he's taking the league by storm so mm. 
I, I, I don't want to say this was a terrible heat loss because when the guy drops 50 and the shots he was hitting, I mean, We're I'm sorry. Nuts. I'm Oof. sorry, right? right. Yeah. Uh, but the heat need to be better because they're going to enter the playoffs probably around that four, five, six spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I wouldn't like to see the heat in the playoffs, there's a lot of teams I wouldn't like to see in the playoffs. And if they have to match up against the Celtics, or they get a team like the Sixers in Philadelphia, or Victor Oladipo finds his stride. I'm sorry, like the Heat are a great are a great story, but I have to see them in that first round of the playoffs and where they end up. Yeah, uh, in the playoffs. Now, I want to I want to take a uh, take a turn to the Western Conference mm-hmm. because I was looking back at the past couple games and I saw the Houston Rockets beating the Warriors by 30. I know that's not impressive, mm. but I think a lot of people forget the Houston Rockets are still 6-6 and under. Like, that that, yeah. that has not changed. <laughs> no. It's not like after the All-Star break, the buyout period happened. They're like, yeah, let's pick up 7-3, whatever his name is. You yeah. know what I mean? No, it's still P.J. Tucker. <laughs> right. The, the Rockets, I mean, with Westbrook and Harden playing, the Rockets beat the Lakers. They lost to the Suns. Westbrook didn't play in that game. They lost to the Jazz on a game winner by uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, that was um, a nuts shot. That, <laughs> two Rockets. And it was a swish. Right. <laughs> then, then they beat the Celtics by 11 in Houston, which I was shocked about that game. And then they blow out the Warriors, which they should. Mm-hmm. So they did something that uh, the uh, – who was the last thing we were just talking about? The um the Heat. The Heat. We The, the Heat only won by 12. Rockets dominated by 30. Yep. So – I mean, this Rockets team is their next couple games. You got Jazz, Knicks, Grizzlies, Celtics, mm-hmm. Knicks again. But then you have like the Clippers. I mean, I, I don't know if this formula will work in the playoffs, but it's very interesting because Rob, Robert right Covington's now. looking great. Russell Westbrook yep. is going to pick it up. You got two guys with with playoff DNA, but really haven't been able to get it done mm-hmm. uh, in James Harden and Russell Westbrook, even though people say, oh, they don't have the DNA to play in the playoff. I don't agree with that. I just think that they're just not able to get it done with the team they have or the players they have surrounded yeah. um, uh, or surrounding them. Uh, so the Rockets are interesting, and I, I like how we're talking about these two teams in the Heat and the Rockets because two different conferences both sitting at that 4-5 spot. Yeah. And that you mentioned it for the Sixers. It's for every team. The Lakers don't look good on the road. Yeah. The Nuggets don't even look good on the road. No. I mean, the Nuggets just uh, um, just a couple days, or was this yesterday, that they dropped um, They just dropped a game. They just dropped a game to the Thunder on the road. Yeah. I get it, the Thunder are the sixth seed. But this Nuggets team is, you know, they're, they want to be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. And you're going to Oklahoma City and giving Chris Paul 29 points. Yeah. So all these teams are struggling on the road. Every yeah. single team is. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, looking at it right now, it's there's so many across the league. The splits are crazy. Like obviously, the Sixers one is the craziest. Yes, I know. It's twenty six and two at home. Yeah. And nine and nineteen away. Right. That's brutal. But you go and look at the Clippers. Okay, twenty two and five at home. And then they're 15 and 13 on the road. They're barely 500 on the road this Which season. is crazy for a Clippers team that we're talking about has maybe the best chance of winning the championship because of How the players that they have to then, you know, compete in the playoffs and mm. most and, likely win. And then speaking on the Heat again, Heat at home, 22 and 3 away, 13 and 17. They have a low 500. Th- I, that's on I, the road. That's stunning to me. I mean, mm. this, the Pacers 
are a better away team. If the Pacers just won a couple games at home, they'd be we'd be talking about the Pacers like we do the Heat. Because we talk about the Heat so much, but we forget that this Heat team is still average. Yeah. They're a good team, but they're borderline average. I I feel like we overhype this Heat team because where they are in the East, the top six teams are the only winning teams in the East. Yeah. I would hope the Heat would be in that conversation with a guy like Jimmy Butler. I hope so, yeah. And they are. So the home court advantage matters so much in the NBA. Mm. Uh, I think that it's it's taken lightly maybe in like the NFL just because you've watched the playoffs this season. Yeah, I would say with some teams it, it, it does matter sometimes with East Coast heavy or, nor- or Northern heavy. But when you, time yeah, change, time well, change, all that stuff. But like when you have teams like maybe like a San Francisco or like a Miami, it doesn't home home field advantage is like okay. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Because you get the sun, you, you're yeah, used yeah, to it. Nothing's yeah. really changed. Now, <sighs> these past couple days have been really interesting when you're talking about the struggling teams too. I don't think we should just focus on the teams that are thriving because. Mm-hmm. The future of the NBA, as we've seen in the Golden State Warriors, is where you're very close to a team like the Grizzlies competing for a championship. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird to think about, but we are very close to the Mavericks from where they were in 2011 when they won the championship, having all those terrible seasons in between. Yep. We're close to them competing for a championship. In yep. a decade or so, you're not going to see LeBron James. You're not uh-huh. going maybe even less than that. You're not going to see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, anyone. You're not going to see any of those players. And that's why I think we should focus on some of those teams as well. The Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are a great team to talk about because they have great players on their team. Cats can't stay healthy. Nope. And for some reason, they just the Timberwolves never gel. The Timberwolves are good enough yeah. to be a top five team. They are. They have the talent to be a top five team. Malik Beasley, who they just got from Denver. I mean, I know you're probably listening to me like, how are the Timberwolves? Or, they've lost yeah. 30, 40 games this season. Yeah. But they have the collection of players to be like the Nuggets. Mm. We don't. Well, who's the best player on the Nuggets? Mm. We say Jokic. Jokic yeah. And then Murray's a pretty good player. Yeah. Right? Well, guess what? The Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns and, and D'Angelo Russell. Russell. And they have good players around the perimeter and all Mm -hmm. over the place. Jack Culver's a good rookie, too. Right. You focus on, like, uh, the the Hornets with Devontae Graham have been, you know, have had some good games so far. The Kings just beat the Grizzlies, and we're talking about the Grizzlies being a team that can compete for Mm -hmm. in the Western Conference for years to come. Even the Wizards, when they, if they get John Wall back and something happens there, the NBA... Everyone, I think a lot of people like to talk about parity or lack of parity mm-hmm. in the NBA. But I think that the NBA is one of the best leagues when it comes to, wow, that team could really make a stride yeah. with one player. Because yeah. we see it with the Grizzlies. Yeah, and something yeah, something you just that is popping in my head when you um, – NBA basketball is one of the most important sports when it comes to chemistry. And we're sure. seeing it this year. Part of the reason why the Timberwolves haven't won a game yet with D'Angelo Russell is because they brought in so many players that when you went on your Bleacher Report feed to yeah. look at like the players holding their jerseys up, Bleacher Report had to make it two images <laughs> because there were so many players. Okay, when you bring that many guys into a new environment in the middle of a season and a day later you're like, all right, guys, go play basketball. Right. Like that's really hard. It's really hard to find and gel 
all those players together. And I know what it was like as a Sixers fan because last season we bought we we traded for Jimmy Butler early-ish in the season, but it was still in the season, okay? And then later at the end of the trade deadline, then we brought in Tobias Harris. It took a really long time for those guys to mesh well enough to eventually take the champions to a seven-game series, but it, it, it took a lot of the regular season to even mesh that, and that's partly why their seed was lower in, in the Sixers, and that's why I think we're seeing with the Timberwolves and with the Heat. Yeah. Bring in Iguodala and um, Crowder, Maybe the Heat don't. I would. Get, we might need to give the Heat a little more time playing Devils Advocate because we kind of were bashing on the Heat, calling them like an an average team. Okay, I don't want to. Yeah. The reason I don't want to call, I don't want to say like the Heat. When I say average, I'm not saying because they have a bunch of average players. They yeah. have a really good group of guys. Hundred percent. But I'm all. I also want to focus on the fact that the East has six teams in the conference. Yep. So when the Heat are at four, five, six then they're a pretty average team in the East when you're mm-hmm. talking about the good teams in the East. Yeah. Because although we talk about, you know, like parity, chemistry, everything, the NBA is a pretty top-heavy team. We're expecting to see the Bucks in the finals yep. or, the, or the Sixers or the Celtics. Mm-hmm. We're expecting the Lakers and the Clippers to play in the conference finals. Yep. We're not thinking, well, the Grizzlies have a chance. No, we said the Grizzlies need time, yep. but there's a possibility. Those mm-hmm. are two words of doubt. Now, one thing I want to mention, you talk about how it's during its contract buyout season right mm-hmm. now and you know, teams bringing in guys that could maybe propel them toward uh, a playoff win or a yeah. championship. Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> they, they, I mentioned they just beat the Nuggets, and you were yeah. talking about the struggle of bringing guys in the middle of the year and let's give some slack to these teams. The Thunder did exactly what I wanted the Thunder to do, and that's stick with your guys. Yep, they did trade what, Gallinari, yeah. Right, and what are they? And what are they doing right now? They're the about, Thunder are sixth in the West, about to make a run only three, four games back of the two spot. Yep, the Thunder have won two straight. I mean, they're pretty eighteen and twelve at home, sixteen and ten away. I mean, you're not these are not eye popping numbers out here. No, nope. but they're four games away from the two spot in the Nuggets, and they're only going up. They just beat the Nuggets at home. Yeah, Chris Paul's playing at an all-star level. They have some great shooters around the perimeter, and Steven Adams is still playing well. Yeah, and that goes back to chemistry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things around the league that you, can, that you can pinpoint and say, this is why these teams are successful. It could mm-hmm. be talent, chemistry, uh, just the atmosphere of where they play in Memphis that the Grizzlies yeah. play at. Uh, there's a lot of storylines with the NBA, and that's why I love the NBA so much mm-hmm. because you have an 82-game season where it's all about what did this player do during this stretch? How yep. did this team perform against good teams? How did this team perform against bad teams? There's so much talk. Yeah. And there's that. that's why I feel like you know we're at, what, 38 minutes right now? We could go on forever talking uh-huh, about the, the bad teams and their chances of making it big later on. The good teams, their chances at a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, we could talk about this forever, but I feel like we should, you know, take a break, go talk about our games of the week, yes. and then maybe focus on because I feel like the NBA is just going to get crazier and crazier in the upcoming weeks. Oh, 100%. Next week we're going to have another great show for you, but let, let's focus on our games of the week. Mm-hmm. Leo, I want to start with you. What are your What are a couple of your games of the week when you look at the upcoming schedule? 
Um, so I'm going to stray away from my team and pick your team. Okay. I think the Celtics, it's technically, this technically counts as next week. Well, actually, because we're tomorrow. doing a week, we're doing it's it's tomorrow, but it's a week Counts. in our in our cycle of listening to the Beach Bones podcast. So this is a week. This is ahead of this broad, broadcast we're giving you. The Celtics going to the Lakers on Sunday, I think, will be a very very interesting game because of a couple of narratives. I we love talking about narratives on this podcast. Now, if you don't remember, the Lakers went to Boston and got absolutely schlacked last time they played. Thirty-two point loss. It was. It was a hor- It was just a horrible game, and I think you guys, ha- AD and LeBron, both played. That, that was game. AD's first game back. First game back. Injury. So you could argue that. A little ah, bit I don't still- want to argue. Yeah, it, you know? but yeah, but no it's still excuses. thirty-two point loss. Right. The Celtics right now are looking. They're they're looking. They're interesting right now. They did go and lose to the the to the short stacked uh, Houston Rockets before the All Star break. But nine and one in their last ten. But nine and one in their last ten, and Jason Tatum has been playing out of his mind, completely out of his mind. Uh, the team looks like they're. Almost fully meshing. They just beat the Timberwolves. Like I think it was last night. Yeah. And this Lakers team, we know, we know how strong they are. They they just have had a new addition. They're pretty unstoppable at home, and I'm very interested to see how this game goes down. Everyone's everyone's healthy for this game. Everyone's playing. Our Lakers. Everyone's everyone's healthy. playing. Yes. Everyone's playing. I'm pretty. Everyone on the Celtics is playing. So that's that's my game of the week. Cause I love watching these. Eastern uh, powerhouses clash with the Western powerhouses, especially how the first time it went around this year. Right. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from today because this podcast is being put up to yet today. Yeah. Because I love Rockets at Jazz. I love that game tonight mm-hmm. at 9. There's also Sixers Bucks. Sixers Bucks. I, I know you said you wanted to like stay away from your team. So I was like, yeah. I'm not going to. That, that, if you're going to watch two NBA games, 8.30 and 9 o'clock tonight, because the NBA slate tonight is unbelievable. Yep. I mean, even seeing the Heat at home, I'd love to see the Heat crush Drummond and Love and the Cavs, mm-hmm. which they should which do. They should. Uh, and yeah, 76ers, Bucks, Rockets, yeah, it's going to be great games tonight. I'm going to throw out a couple uh, for Monday. I think people are overlooking this game. Grizzlies at Clippers. Now, we mentioned the Clippers' recent struggles. Of course, they play better at home. They're going to be playing a Grizzlies team who, if the Grizzlies win a couple more games, could move up to that seventh spot mm. where they could meet the Clippers. Yeah. So sure. I want to see how the Clippers, if they're consistent and they can perform against a Grizzlies team that's only hungry. They have yeah. nothing to lose. I know they have the eighth spot. The Grizzlies still have absolutely nothing oh to gosh, lose. Yeah. So I'm very interested in that game, even though it might not be your primetime game that you're looking at mm-hmm. um, and then later in the week of course we'll probably record uh, we'll probably record next Saturday mm-hmm. I think we have to go to a Friday game and maybe it's you know I'm not a Clipper fan I'm a Laker fan but yes. I'm gonna throw out another Clipper game because I think that the Clippers if everything goes right should win the championship this season hot take if that's, everything, that's I know, but I'm just saying it, it, it's so early right now. I yeah. mean, it doesn't seem like it, but it's pretty early. I think if everything goes right, Kawhi and Paul George can play every game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That entire team can play. There's no injuries. Nothing goes wrong. They play the Nuggets at home on Friday. They should dominate at home in every single game. If they struggle at all on the road, they should dominate at home. And yep. by dominate, I mean Kawhi and Paul George should both score 25 apiece. Mm-hmm. Because last game, Kawhi had 30, and Paul George had 11 against your Sixers. Yeah. 
11, 11 for Paul George. In the playoffs, you're going to be playing a hungry Lakers team with LeBron and AD. Yep. LeBron and AD religiously either score 25 each or AD scores above 30 and LeBron has an 18-point triple-double. Yep. You can't – Paul George can't have 11 points. Nope. You can't – you can't rely on Montrez Harrell giving you 45. You know what I mean? Just, just having like, or Lou Williams giving you 30. Like these are, they might be, you know, once a week type of scenarios. And guess mm-hmm. what? In the playoffs, a best of seven series happens in a week and a half. Yeah. So Clippers at home in, on, in the Monday matchup against the Grizzlies, who they should crush that game. Uh, and then on the Friday matchup against the Nuggets, I think that's also a great litmus, litmus test for the Nuggets mm-hmm. because I mean, the Nuggets just lost to the Thunder, and not a lot of people are talking about the Nuggets. They're the two seed in the West. Yep. There's not a lot of times that you look at the NBA and you don't talk about the number two team in the Western Conference. It's very true. The only guy we know on the Nuggets is Nikola Jokic. Yep. The NBA is only talking about the Lakers and the Clippers, but guess what? In between those two, they're talking about the Trailblazers more than we're talking yeah. about the Nuggets. We're talking about the Pelicans more than because of Zion. Yeah. We're talking about the Grizzlies. <laughs> yep. The Nuggets are there at this point. You're just there's not a lot of news around the Nuggets, and they they're need just to, getting it done. Honestly. Right? They what need to use saying? that as fuel, and they got to realize we're going to be talking about them a lot when playoffs come around. Oh, 100%. So when the lights aren't on them, they need to perform, especially against the Clippers. Yeah. Um, one more game that I'll shout out since um, we've – it sounds games of the week, which sounds like we're kind of covering your week, you know. You know yeah. we get, we're getting you a game every sort of night. So right. we've got you some Saturday games tonight in a way. Sunday, we got you covered. You got us next Saturday and Friday. Or mon- Tuesday, Monday and Friday. Mon- Monday yeah. and Friday. Right. Tuesday. The, we, we, I, I can't believe I skipped over this. The one and two teams in the East are going at each other. I, it's an early game. Well, it's not early, but it's like there's there's seven games on slate for Tuesday. And yeah. It's the second game. You're right. Yeah, but it's 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 the Bucks versus Raptors. And I think, and this is I think they they play four times. I I think they they haven't played more than once so far. No, but what makes it more interesting is it's in Toronto. Just yeah, it's in Toronto. That's you true. you you give your uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is. You know, Eastern Conference Finals all over again. Look, I understand there's no Kawhi, right? But this Raptors team, we're talking about chemistry. I will say this right now. The number one reason why they are winning this many games is a 1,000% chemistry. Because Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Marcus Gasol, they have a great – Nick Nurse is a great coach. They know exactly what their game plan is night in and night out. They don't lose games to poor opponents like we see with Sixers, Heat – um, sometimes even the uh, Clippers have done it before, like early in the year. They don't lose. That's why they're forty-one and fifteen. And the Bucks. I mean, what else do we need to say about the Bucks? We know what the Bucks are. It's Giannis. It's Chris Middleton. And I cannot wait to see these heavyweights. I am especially interested in how they're going to guard Giannis because that Eastern Conference Finals last year, it was all about Kawhi just locking up Giannis. Yeah. Most of that time. Are they going to go Pascal Siakam? Are they going to do what the Sixers do and have their big man try and guard Giannis and bait Giannis and let him in to shoot? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to go with Pascal and have him pl- play him hard and close? Yeah. It's going to be an interesting matchup. And on the on Milwaukee side, how are you going to match up against Fred Van Fleet, Marc Gasol, and Pascal all on the on the Even Kyle Lowry. Lowry. And Kyle Lowry. We forget about Kyle Lowry. He's an all-star. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to listen to our take about that, go watch our last episode. Yeah. But yeah, the Bucks and the Raptors play three. No, it is four times. They actually play a back to back in April. But um, they play four times. They play yeah. once in the sixth game of the year. Bucks won by ten at 
home. Yeah, that's so why I think the fact that it's in Toronto yeah. makes it very also, interesting. That's the sixth game of the year. This is like the the forty sixth. Right, year. the Bucks have found an identity, and so have the Raptors. Yeah. I think these are the two hottest teams and most consistent teams in the NBA. This is this is this is a playoff. This is a playoff game. This is basically a playoff game. I think this so. Is a preview for a playoff game. Right. So definitely tune into this on Tuesday. Hundred percent. I think that might be the game of the week. I did. Yeah. I skipped over it. That's my bad. Yeah. Uh, but that's gonna do it. Watch all those games of the weeks. We hope you enjoyed our talks, not just about news, but mm-hmm. just everything. everything uh, I feel like I feel like we we spoke on the games that just uh, that happened in the past couple of days, All-Star the All Star break. break. We talked about parody. We talked Chemistry. about narratives in the NBA, mm-hmm. trades, everything. We're getting you covered. Remember, it's a full week. So yeah. I know it's a long podcast, but it's a full week of NBA games. Yeah. It's not like the NFL where we have like one, one day. One, yeah, a team plays once. Right. All these teams are playing two, three, sometimes crazily enough, might end up being four, four times a week. Year recording. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to see you next week on the Beach Bumps podcast. This mm-hmm. has been Season 2, Episode 2, NBA edition, of course, with the NFL done. It's going to be all NBA. Yep. Maybe throw in some baseball right, soon this enough. This be a very great time to talk about baseball. Right, with a lot of controversy <laughs> happening yeah. there. But for Cameron, he's there. And Leo Silverman. This has been Season 2, Episode 2 of the Beach Bumps podcast.